morning and welcome to the Ancient World Morning Coffee Show. Hope you're doing well. Hope you're having a great day. And today we're going to talk about uh, part of Purgatory, Canto 25. But first, we just want to say a really, really big thank you to our patrons. So this is uh, like this set of podcasts that we are making uh, at the moment are funded by our patron supporters. So just want to say especially thanks to uh, Kaldasar, who is a gold member, and then also Sean Ekman, Laura Dalgan, Michael Leite, Claudia and Aidan Shavasi. So thank you so much for for. Um, giving the inspiration and motivation and also the kind of the, the path to uh, uh, the opportunity to do this more full-time eventually. So this is greatly, greatly appreciated. So, and for anyone else, you can also go to patreon.com slash ancientworld if you want to support this podcast. So, now to the topic of today. Uh, so, we're still following our friend in, in Los Angeles, the Italian Tommaso Todesca, and he is now come to Canto 25 in Purgatory in his whole 100, 100 videos about the Divine Comedy. And 25 in Purgatory is really interesting. It goes deep into philosophy and also kind of metaphysics and then also the, the, the relationship between the body and the soul. So this is a little bit heavy <laughs> with the morning coffee, but we're going to try to make it kind of, um, in a sense, practical, just pick out the the main points that Dante uh, is doing. So uh, we come there at this point, we come up to the seventh uh, terrace, the last terrace in Purgatory, in like the mountain of virtue and the kind of the, the climb, the change, the, the, the changing of mind, this, uh, the Greek word for repentance, metanoia. And then comes this question because they see the gluttonous and then they are really, really thin. And this is a kind of humorous way of Dante to describe that. Well, even if they they were kind of overeating, they are still very, very thin in the purgatory. And the reason for that is uh, kind of a play on that they were more concerned about the, the earthly than the spiritual, than the heavenly. So they kind of spiritually starved even if they're physically kind of have been overeating. So that's why like the souls are so, like the shades, as he calls them, are so, uh, so thin. But this spurs a question in the pilgrim about the nature of, of the shades, which is kind of Dante's own invention. But then in a broader perspective, the souls and, and the mater our material bodies. So a main idea that Dante is planting in the beginning here, like verse 22, is so he has two examples, one from science and one from Greek mythology. So he says, If you recall how Meleager burned as simultaneously the brand burned through, this should not be too hard to understand. Or think how, when you stand before a glass, at every move you make, your image moves. Does this not make things clearer than they were. So these are two examples. The myth of Meleager, just to have a little bit of background on that one. So this is um, explained here uh, from Mark Musa. So he says, the story of Meleager. Who's, this is from, taken then from uh, the Metamorphosis of Ovid. So Meleager, whose fate it was to live only as long as a piece of log burning in his mother's hearth remained unconsumed. Upon learning this, his mother, Althea, took the wood from the fire 
extinguished it, and hid it. Years later, Meleager fell in love with Atalanta, killed the Caledonian boar for her, and presented her with the skin. However, her mother's brothers, the sons of Thestius, stole it from her, and Meleager killed them. To avenge her brother's death, Althea threw the piece of wood back into the fire, and as it was consumed, Meleager expired. So this is just like the full story, but the point here is just that Meleager is this character, and then the log in the fireplace is connected to his soul, this kind of metaphor of his soul. So once the log burns out, then he dies. And this is trying to explain that there is a connection between your soul and your body that is somewhat similar. And then the scientific example is kind of in some ways even more clear when you just says that if you look at the mirror, uh, then when you move, the your reflection in the mirror also moves. So that's um, a kind of a more direct way of explaining this relationship between your body and your soul. The kind of so in this case also then the body is um, reflecting the the actions and the moves of the soul of the spirit. It's also kind of underlying this, and in other places that is more clear. Okay, so that was the first thing, just to to have an idea, have somewhere to start about thinking how this could be connected or unified. It's also nice in the sense that it, it, it's foreshadowing the paradiso in many ways, because then you get even more this idea of reflection and more help in trying to grapple with how is the material and spiritual, what is the relationship? How do they relate to each other? So as so many places in the comedy, Dante is is kind of planting little seeds. He's, he's uh, evoking some thoughts about the topic very gently. And then later we come back to it. So it's kind of, uh, it's a very, uh, very gentle way of teaching <laughs> us as readers as well about new topics, just uh, hinting at things and then expanding on them a little bit later. So that is... Uh, the relationship to those two examples. And then, one of the most stunning formulations in the whole of Purgatory, which is when Dante talks about the embryo and when when do we get a soul? Or in modern terms, when do we become conscious? This is a huge enigma still today. Like When does the fetus become conscious? When does consciousness arise in the fetus? So, the way that Dante is describing this, and just this is 700 years ago. So he writes this. Open your heart to what I now reveal. When the articulation of the brain has been perfected in the embryo, then the first mover turns to it with joy over such art in nature, and he breathes a spirit into it, new and with power to assimilate what it finds active there so that one single soul is formed complete that lives and feels and contemplates itself. So the main thing to notice is just this, this part where it says the articulation of the brain has been perfected. He breathes a spirit into it. So in scientific terms, it might be something like that. When, when the brain, the brain cells has reached a certain level of, of maturity, of sophistication in the fetus, then at some point, like within, um, I guess what we can say is that within some weeks, 
there will be an emerging awareness in, in the fetus of an, a self-consciousness in there, in some sense. But we still don't know this for sure. But, but it will be, in the metaphorical terms, it seems like kind of perfectly ex- expressed here by Dante, that the articulation of the brain has been perfected kind of enough. Then you get the spirit blown into it. And then he also then combines, as usual, Aristotelian and biblical ideas of uh, he breathes is very biblical. The first mover is fully Aristotelian. There's two different ways of thinking about one of the, 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 the biggest questions and about divinity in itself. Uh, and then the last part is a little bit more connected to, to uh, ancient philosophy about like the soul had three parts. This is a little bit technical, but just to, just to touch on it, <laughs> they had this three part that uh, three levels of souls. One is just a vegetative, like a plant who is actually growing. And then you have the, uh, the moving uh, s- sensitive soul, which well, then for animals that they can actually both move and they also have like a sensory system that is different from the plants at least. And then the third level is the, the rational kind of uh, faculty that was then exclusive to, to humans uh, where they're thinking at the time. So then what he describes here is like, in the beginning, the fetus will be like a plant and will also be sensitive, like uh, sentient, or like it had uh, the sensory system. So when those two are come to, have come to a certain level, then you also will get the, the rational, the consciousness ability also. And then those three parts are then fused together is the way Dante describes it. And then if you just think about this idea of compression in Dante's poetry, when he just, it's just one verse he says, that lives and feels and contemplates itself. That is the unity of those three parts in just one single sentence. It's hard to make it any more succinct than, than that one. And also it's beautiful. So uh, that's the main things we want to say about there's so much more in Purgatory, Canto 25. But just if something should kind of remain in the memory here, it's just like those two examples of how the soul and the body are connected, kind of reflected. And then also that there is some point in the embryo where it becomes conscious or in a more mythological sense or kind of more with biblical stories when it gets the spirit and the soul. So uh, it was great fun to to watch the video from um, Tommaso. And uh, we made the same same point with him in the comments and he just said uh, uh, thank you that's right the issue of when consciousness arises in a fetus plus the medieval hints at the mind-body problem makes this canto so advanced in historical terms which is exactly the, the the same kind of feeling that this is stunning that how sometimes when you read the comedy you get this wonder like how could he know this <laughs> how could he express something in poetry that the more you look into it you suddenly understand sort of more where it comes from and you wonder how how did he know this so precisely at that time but that often or sometimes leads to this more overall idea that they were much more sophisticated and advanced also 700 years ago or 2000 years ago than it's often thought today so in some sense, they had a, a different way of thinking, and especially the Renaissance with the more this kind of balanced thinking uh, with kind of the arts and the sciences, and also kind of, uh, in some ways, the, the, the spiritual and the material was also more balanced at that time. 
as kind of a more established foundation for for thinking, apprehending the world, and then that shines through in some of the ways they are formulating and expressing things also then in poetry. So uh, that was a lot about uh, Canto 25. It's one of our favorite cantos. It's it's kind of just more like an essay in poetry form, but it's still so full of deep thoughts. Okay, so uh, we're going to stop this episode here. We have There's no other news for today so far, but maybe we'll come something later today, uh, which we're just going to keep working on both our Dante stuff. Uh, there's a nice little um, uh, kind of uptick in in uh, visitors and listeners, both on the Dante's Divine Comedy podcast and on the website. So that's also great motivation to just keep promoting it even more. So with that, uh, just want to say, I hope you're still having a great day and uh, maybe a good cup of coffee if this is in the morning or noontime for you. And with that, uh, thank you so much for listening as always. Big thanks to all our patrons and uh, see you again in another episode.